into expounded universe, season two, episode 13. And then it blew up. The book, The Crystal Star by Vonda McIntyre. The year, 1994. With your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go. This would be great if Danzig was in charge of the Empire Reborn. I got a yup now for you. He's a big pile of dicks covered in gold. The Patriarch. Set my jackhammer to kill. <laughs> Welcome back to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars Expanded Universe novel discussion podcast. With a premise that is not a total mouthful. <laughs> nope. It is definitely an easy job to tell everyone what this podcast is. It's clear. It's understandable. It doesn't require explaining that there was a series of Star Wars novels. <laughs> no. And that not the recent ones, the old ones, the <laughs> ones that don't count anymore. That's correct. Yeah, everyone knows what this is all about in one sentence or less. <laughs> Indeed. It couldn't be clearer. Yeah, whenever I get asked to explain what I do for a living to people, I always start with this. <laughs> Yep. Because because it's still easier than explaining that I review old role-playing games. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, when <laughs> you tell them that, and then they're like, you tell people about games and they like that? And you're like, I don't know, I guess. You mean like Boggle? <laughs> yes, I explain Monopoly to people and they fucking love it. They lose their goddamn minds. <laughs> I talked about that the other day, that I overheard my landlord who, th- who thought I couldn't hear him trying to explain what my job was to one of his weird roadie friends, and he was like, I think people call him on the phone and he explains the rules to games to them. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean... And you know what, folks? That's our new service. I was gonna say, yeah. there's a point where we should just make one of the uh, pledge levels be, you get our exclusive number and you can call up and ask about the rules to a game. And we will explain to you the rules to any board game that can be looked up on the internet and we'll leave it for you in the form of an answering machine message on your phone like fucking carl castle oh man this is gonna be like the old nintendo powers line (laughs) you just call up me like i don't know how to play boggle and you're like well hi there i'm horace let me let me tell you we're gonna charge you a dollar 99 a minute so let's drag this shit out (laughs) so boggle originated in the 1920s the roaring 20s they called them because of it was a decade of unparalleled prosperity which would paralleled lions which Roaring constantly. (laughs) Perpendicular lions, they were. (laughs) Not a parallel lion among them. (laughs) Hi, oh. Hey, kid, how you doing? You like my tight five on lions? (laughs) None of this makes any sense. So, John, this is the last chapter. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter if we fuck around. It's the last chapter. Yeah, it's going to be an extra long episode. So, folks, consider that joke about 1920s lions a freebie. It's a gift to you. That didn't count in the runtime. Let's start it over. Start the clock. <laughs> All right, restart. Put the put the time back. DJ, drop me a beat. <laughs> oh shit! I dropped the beat. All right, uh, here we go. So uh, it's chapter thirteen, the denouement. Yeah, of the Crystal Star by Vonda McIntyre. And uh, you know what? I got to start with an apology to my readers here, my listeners, my my reader listeners, my, re- my reader listeners. Uh, it seems like I accidentally read about a page of this and thought yeah, you it was, did. I thought it was chapter twelve. So uh, my apologies for yeah. what what sound what might be confusing to some of you who are reading along. Yeah, they were like, "Wait a minute, I don't remember that happening." Just yeah. like I did, and I was like, "I don't, I don't know, know. maybe who? I just forgot something." <laughs> How would you know? Hey, John, what happened to like chapter six of this book? How could I possibly remember that? <laughs> I remember more about what Shizor did. <laughs> By the way, what she's or did, good movie, definitely worth checking out. <laughs> what she's or did, my new tell-all. <laughs> yeah, that's gross though. <laughs> Super gross. Please do not read this. 
<laughs> so uh, let's get this thing started. Uh, first of all, we got to talk about how Chewbacca is striding mightily into battle like an ATST, bedecked with children. I fucking love Chewbacca's combat style. <laughs> Chewbacca's combat style is ablative child armor. He has uh, some of this doesn't even make sense. He's got Jaina on one shoulder. Uh, Jason is somehow behind Jaina, so maybe they're both on one shoulder. Yeah, they're they're like clinging to part of him and Anakin's like around his leg or something. Well, he's holding he's... Anakin with his, with a hand. So he has one hand free, one shoulder full of twins, and he's holding the other kid in the in, in his in his unfree he's, hand. He's real close to just being a Voltron at he's, this point. He's just covered in children and he strides menacingly into battle uh with children. Yeah. He, because no matter how badass this combat scene that's about to happen is supposed to take place, it's vitally important to remember that the foes that they are battling are like Eleven. Well, that's why his combat style is amazing, because he just <laughs> fucking picks up a Proctor and is like, hey, just shakes him, just shakes the shit out of him and then puts him back down like a nanny possessed. Yeah, it is <laughs> so good, especially when they describe him like, oh, he picks up a kid, and he just shakes him, and then puts him down. <laughs> does this a couple times, then finally picks up a kid, shakes him. The kid doesn't get it, picks him back up, shakes him a little more, puts him back down. The kid's like, all right, I'll sit down. I got it, I got okay, it. Okay, I get also, it. Also, the kids keep trying to draw their lightsabers, which are exploding like party favors Yeah, when they try to use them, which is weird, because that didn't... I guess it's because their lightsabers only work by force connections. I don't know. But it's not like Luke's lightsaber has exploded. I mean, he's been using it to do all kinds of creepy scenes. Yeah. Well, I assume, again, that, yeah, it is probably the the weird force connector thing that they have to use. Yeah. So, at this point, he's strided, he strode into battle in sort of the big church of Waru. And Waru's even up on his altar and everything, but we don't really get a description of him in this scene because we're too busy describing how all the kids that had previously been slaves of the Empire Reborn have gone full-on fucking lost boys from Hook, and they're just running around laughing and attacking Proctors left and right. Oh, yeah. There's some kid's got a spoonful of mashed potatoes, and he's just throwing it at a Proctor. One kid's just chanting Rufio. (laughs) One kid is Rufio. Yeah, one kid is Rufio at any given time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it passes. It's it's more of a title than a real person. Well, it's like the hook. Yeah. <laughs> or the pan. Ah, oh, the pan. Someone's got to be the pan. <laughs> so, anyway, that's that's what's happening. And, and that, right away, should take all the stakes out of this combat. It's it's a fun, good times goof em up with a bunch of little seven-year-olds running around, squealing to themselves, and pushing over people. Oh, yeah. The fact that the main climax fight in this, like, the end of this book, when everything comes together and we finally get the clash of these these mighty forces, and it's Chewbacca shaking children and setting them back down while a wolf trips people as a deer person kicks them. You're like, this is this is some fucking like eighties goof 'em up teen kid movie where like this is like heavyweights. This is this is one of those shitty movies where someone's just like, ah, the kids have finally rebelled and they're running around doing the absolute dumbest possible shit. Yes, it's, exa- it's exactly that. It's like the end of this Star Wars story is the same as the end of Ladybugs. <laughs> yeah, it's like, come <laughs> on. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> come on, guys. You can... <laughs> Why? <laughs> so Why? So Lusa and the Wirewolf, like I mentioned in the last episode, are running around doing the bully one person be- uh, sits behind you while, while someone else pushes you over them. And then and then Jaina has to think to herself, sometimes Lusa kicks the people even if she doesn't need to kick them. And I'm like, come on, Jaina. Lusa was almost fed to death goop, the goop that eats people, <laughs> like a minute ago. She, yeah. she deserves this. Oh, yeah. Let her not have to, it. Not to mention, we don't know how long she was on that weird planet prison. Yeah. So, uh... 
So let her have it. Just let her have the, the chance to go push people over with the Wirewolf, who in the same chapter is described as not self-aware, but perfectly capable of doing the back half of oh, the yeah, push he, people over thing. He completely understands what it means to go crouch behind someone so that they can trip over him. Yeah. So also, I'm amazed that one of the combat tactics wasn't just, okay, so I held this one proctor's hand in warm water. I just figured he was it was Chewbacca holding one by the head at arm's length and him just swinging his lightsaber. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> that is definitely a thing that happens. <laughs> I'm not mauling you. Oh, oh, oh. Come on, kid. Just try a little harder. <laughs> it's just, just I eventually gives up and just starts encouraging him. Like, oh, geez. I can tell this Proctor's dad hasn't really been there. Come, come on. Bring it in, kid. <laughs> bring it in. Time for a lesson. You know what? Why don't you come with our team to pizza after this? Yeah, that is exactly it. This fucking God, I cannot believe how much I hate the climax of this book. This last chapter and this chapter, I'm like, why? This is the most pointless bullshit that's ever happened. You spent ten chapters wheel spinning, and then at the very end, you're like, and then I don't know, some dumb shit happens. Whatever. Everyone has a party, and every fifteen words, Han has to stop and compliment Leia's hair. Yeah, it is. It's just like you didn't you didn't have anything else in the tank. There was there's nothing. So, uh, also in this fight scene is Zaveri, who comes running in with the most shit-that-didn't-happen fighting style of all time in human history. <sighs> so, so if you're wondering what Zaveri's all about when it comes to combat with 11-year-olds, uh, her trick is to stand in one place till they all charge at her at once, and then she spins out of the way faster than they can see. They all conk into each other. And make that bowling pin noise. <laughs> and, and while they're dazed from conking into each other, she runs up behind each one of them individually tears the sleeves of their pants and shirt and then ties them together to immobilize the children on the ground. And then she runs off and does it again. <laughs> yeah. What? I'm sure at least a few of the kids are like, that's a very was inhuman. Uh, <laughs> what is this? Uh, what fighting style is that? <laughs> that is the <laughs> shitty B grade fighting kids in a movie thing. <laughs> that's why it has to make the bowling pin sound because they have to go. <laughs> Could knock into each other. And all the kids have, like, stars and birds and stuff circling their heads. <laughs> Just throw them, Zaveri. It does more damage. <laughs> Jesus, Zaveri, come on. No, I have to tie their pant legs together. What? What? Oh. Who? I am Zaveri. Ah, <laughs> uh, come on. I'm going to... I'm going to get behind these two, and I'm going to tie their shoelaces together. Oh, that'll get them good. Uh, fucking <laughs> goofy slapstick fight at the end of this book. Why? So, uh, so yeah, at, at this point, uh, Zaveri approaches Chewbacca after the fight's mostly over, and she's like, hello, Chewbacca, I have changed, but do you remember me? For I am Zaveri. <laughs> and, and he's like, oh, yeah, no, I wouldn't forget anyone who talks that stupid. Yeah, no, I got you. I got, yeah, no, I, I made you as soon as you did that dumb fighting style. We're, we're <laughs> that, was, that was your fighting style that, against the Empire? Ba back in the day, I remember you tying the arms of stormtroopers together. <laughs> That was that was kind of your famous thing. That was that was your gimmick. That was your that was your jam. Yeah. Hi. How you doing? Hey, remember that time that we slept up to our necks in mud and you didn't mention me even though I was also there? Yeah. Yeah, you remember that? Uh, yeah. You remember that time where you and Han were sleeping in mud and I was like off not in mud <laughs> like, like a god like <laughs> 5 feet away. <laughs> You guys decided to sleep in the mud pit for some reason, and I was like, I'm good. I'm good. Hey, Life Debt didn't say nothing about sleeping in no mud. <laughs> uh, Chewbacca, you wait here with the kids. There aren't any kids. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyway, they, while the two of them are, are reconnecting, 
uh, Jaina finally runs off to re- to be rejoined with her friend Lusa that she knew for one chapter, like ten chapters ago. Yep. And and it oh, turns my out my best friend Lusa, Lusa, who who is making the glorious transition to sex haver. Because her horns are bursting through the velvet, everybody. Oh, yeah, and, and they're her, crystal and gorgeous. Her horns are made of translucent, sparkly, cool-to-the-touch diamond. Oh, that's that's great. That is, well, I mean, it, it ties into the whole theme. You see, they're also crystals, and there's, there's crystal stars. Oh, but are they resonating, John? We oh. need to know. Oh, I'm resonating. <laughs> You're resonating in the frequency of... Crystal horned, red haired centaur kid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I feel like every new alien introduced in this book is designed to compete with Strawberry Shortcake in the kids' aisle. <laughs> I mean, this thing is just too many. Poor Lusa is just too many different things. <laughs> too much stuff, man. Too many. Too many cool things, Lusa. Tone it down. <laughs> Pick one. <laughs> Pick one, please, and thank you. Uh. So anyway. Uh, we then all the characters at once, even characters who don't know who's here or who they are, all start yelling. Well, yeah, there's the point where they look at Waru, who at this point has turned into the titular Sphere from Sphere. Yes, yeah, he's a big gold ball at the moment. Everyone just assumes that that's where Luke and Leia and Han are. Well, yeah, well they jumped in there. I don't know if they jumped in there before or after Chewbacca got here. No, they before? did before. Okay, because. Uh, Han had to hand Anakin to Chewbacca in order to jump Oh, that's in right. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, anyway, um, they all start yelling at Han and Leia and, and Luke to come back. Yeah. And everybody, even all the slave kids, all the kids who never met any of those people, start yelling, Han, Leia, uh, or Han, or no, Mom, Dad, Uncle Luke, <laughs> at this big ball on a stage. Yep. And, I, uh, and then everyone stood up and clapped. <laughs> and they all start <laughs> believing. So we cut to Tigris and Hethrier who are having yet one more round of that keep-my-name-out-your-mouth fight that they've been doing for a, for a couple of days now. Uh, and all of a sudden, Hethrier just kind of gets sick of it, and after he confirms that, that Tigris has no powers and kind of sucks, he jumps up on stage and is like, Waru, you've made a promise to me! Come on, Waru, give me that good, good shit! So, I think at this point, we've kind of confirmed that Waru's trick is that he eats Jedi, but if he gets full before he finishes eating a Jedi, he spits out the Jedi again with a little more Jedi power than before. The... I think that's the basic concept. I mean, what... The problem is, at, later in the chapter, we they give us an explanation for it, mm-hmm. though it's just sort of like Leia assuming what's going on. Yeah, and Luke, who seems to be way more up to speed on this than he should be but basically he's like look he was going to eat me and use the power for me to go home and i'm like okay so the weird thing is it's like oh he's from an anti-force dimension yeah and he eats the force from this dimension to turn it into anti-force that he can live on but if he has uh, enough he can empower someone with a little bit of regular force and, power and i guess the deal that he made with hethrir was that hethrir would give him a significantly powerful jedi and in exchange hethrir would go into waru and come out still alive and empowered by the empowered in the force yeah and i you know here's the thing is that waru has been very honest for the most part with anyone who asks him about what he's up to he's like oh i'm eating the force out of these jedi so i can go home and if you give me a big enough jedi i'll go home oh yeah well that's like, when they're fucking swimming around in his weird golden shower of a body. Yeah. And uh, he's like, yeah, just uh, just come on into this this weird black I've, hole in I've the got, middle of me. I've got a sphere of annihilation in the middle here. Yeah. Check this out. Just just touch on just, that, and then just, I'm going to go home. Yeah. I'm going to go the going, fuck home. I'm going straight home the moment that happens. I'm like, when did Hethrier plan 
Hethier has no idea what's going on. Yeah. I mean, like I've been saying for the past couple chapters, Hether is a giant fucking moron. He's a big dumb idiot, and his plan was entirely predicated on thinking that this wet ball of meat wasn't just lying to him. Oh, yeah. He's like, well, my entire plan on taking over the galaxy hinges on trusting a weird, gross monster that eats Jedi to not eat me, a Jedi. <laughs> a Sith. <laughs> so, yeah, it's dumb. It's it's real dumb. Meanwhile, Han, who is currently swimming around in the goo within Waru, is basically... Ah, the goo within Waru. <laughs> he's basically yelling at Leia, and he's like, come on, Leia, let's just let's just leave this goo. And we- she's like, but I want to I be in the goo. I love the goo. My hair's so pretty in the goo. <laughs> She says as she as she kicks, and this is an interesting moment. I can't decide if this is brilliant or stupid. Uh, it says, and these these it's two sentences in a row. Uh, she says, well, she leaves Han and swims into the golden, brilliant light of Waru. Yeah. Then it says Han follows her into the cold darkness. <laughs> these are those are quotes, and they're from consecutive sentences. Yes, indeed. What's happening? Are we are we assuming that? Maybe she sees gold light because she's a Jedi, and Han sees nothing because he's not. Or yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's. Waru's really using all of his, like, mystic weird powers to try to wow Luke and Leia because he's like, oh, I can eat you. But Hani's like, man, I don't give a fuck. He sprayed on all that sex panther and it only has pheromones for Jedi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting. I don't know if that's if that's awesome or dumb because it, it just feels inconsistent without an explanation that he has, like, special charm powers on Jedis. Well, I mean, they... Like, I understand that they are going towards the darkness because that's what the middle of him is yeah no there is darkness but han just descends into the darkness at that end and i'm like what what are you talking no there's a ball in the middle you see he's gonna go find captain kurtz and he's (laughs) descended into the heart of darkness (laughs) you see han believes in a thing called love (laughs) wrong darkness (laughs) that's never the wrong dark the darkness (laughs) all right well anyway leia pretty much just ignores her husband she's like no i'm good i want to go swim over to where luke is and see what's up with that orb of nothingness but then she hears the roar of her familiar old dog friend, Mr. Bumblesnuffle. <laughs> and and uh, it's pushing forward through the slime the voices of her beloved children's. You know how that works? Yeah. When someone's loud and just yelling nonsense, but it makes you hear other people who are quieter better? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, Han is yelling the children's voices in at Leia. That's, I mean Chewbacca. Uh, Han is also doing it, but Han's, he's, ter- he's yeah. terrible at it. Yeah, yeah, Han's doing that. Yeah, he's helping. He's a conduit. But but ultimately, it's Chewbacca who's using his mighty roar to push the voices of five-year-olds. Yeah, that's that's just a thing that I guess Wookiees can do. Yeah. So uh, the voices of the children get there, and she starts thinking about how much she loves them children. You see, because because Jason understands the ways of animals, and he's so sensitive, and Anakin's so special, and a wellspring of ultimate power, and and of course, Jaina does machines. Yeah. <laughs> Also, Raphael is cruel, cruel, but or crude, but rude, or he's, he's cruel but rude. What was it? Crude? He is. He's, he's crude but snood. <laughs> cool but rude. Cool but rude. I cool was, but rude. Cool but rude. Yeah, he's got them cool butt roods. Yeah, he's got them butt roods. Yeah, she has to get back out of this waru and back to her beloved Raphael. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, and then, having decided that she would actually like to leave and be with her children, she gets into an argument with Waru about why he should let Luke go. Well, yeah, because she's 
grabbing onto Luke, and Luke's being like, eh, I want to die. Meh. Meh. Let me Cobain out. Come on. Come on. Let me touch that sphere of annihilation. It's so good. I want oh, it. Oh, it's what I want to do. And Waru's like, Leia, don't you want to go home? Don't oh, you want Waru to- wants is to go home. <laughs> yeah, Let so- me eat your brother. <laughs> and then he gets down on his hands and knees and starts yelling at the golf ball. Just, don't you want to go home? But uh, she just sort of ignores him because he's annoying. And then they all start swimming out. She grabs Luke and they start swimming their way out the goop. Ah, yes. And then they they sort of just get involuntarily pooped onto the deck. Yeah, like she pushes her hand out of Waru at one point. And then the next sentence is they all just like fly out of him. Like, (laughs) that's weird. I didn't realize he was under pressure in that thing. Can I tell you the one thing I'm really sad about in this moment when they get pooped out of Waru and onto the, which is sort of onto the dais that he's been on. Yeah. Is they don't get any description of what they're coated in. Nope. There's no there's no point where it's like Oh, they're they, not goop covered when they come out of there. It, no. This isn't like Ghostbusters 2. No, they swam through a river of shit and came out clean on the other side. Yeah. That's what happens here. That is indeed what happens. I was really hoping that they'd come out all slimed up like they'd been on Double Dare for a couple of days. Just yeah. Mark Wiener on one of the bad ones. <laughs> Mark Wiener? Oh shit. He's the host of a completely different set of Nickelodeon shows. <laughs> I met Mark Summers, didn't I? You did. Yeah, Mark Wiener hosted the one that was like talking thumbs or something. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, he did. He's a real person. Yeah. I'm not making up Mark Wiener. <laughs> people are gonna people are gonna write in and be like, You're making up Mark Wiener, but I'm not. I'm not. That's <laughs> that's fake news. Mark Wiener is a real guy. Mark Wiener, <laughs> real guy, my best friend, Mark Wiener. Mark <laughs> Wiener, my uncle who works at Nintendo. <laughs> Mark Wiener's gonna let me play the new Nintendo games early, John. So you don't don't you deny me Mark Wiener. <laughs> don't don't you dare say that Mark Wiener isn't a real person that truly loves me and came to my birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta show you all my drawings of Mark Wiener. He's like a vampire. You can't take pictures of him. <laughs> He's my boyfriend in Canada. Mark I, Wiener. Mark Wiener's a real person. I feel bad now. Anyhow, uh, basically, once they get pooped onto the deck, Waru immediately turns over and starts uh, yelling at Hethrier. Well, he's just like, no, get back. You promised me, Hethrier. You promised me a Jedi. Hethrier at this point should be like, yeah, you know, I did put an ultra-powerful son of Vader all up in you. Why didn't you eat him? You needed to seal the deal. Once he gets, what do you want me to do? Push him further in with a fucking pool cleaner? <laughs> yeah. What, what, what's, what's, what's my goal? Once he's in there, he's yours. Why don't you just seal up the outer exterior, you dummy? Nope. <laughs> but instead, what happens is, Waru gets mad and eats Hethrier. Yep. Waru just straight grabs hold of Hethrier and dumps him in there. Yeah. And then, <laughs> so Hethrier vanishes into the ball of Waru. And Tigris freaks out, obviously. I mean, come yeah. on, it's Tigris. He's going to freak out. He's, he's, he's This is his daddy. So uh, he... <laughs> well, he doesn't even know that I know, that's his but, daddy. But it's it's his senpai, that's for sure. Yeah. And how now, who's going to approve him to have the color, the light blue jumpsuit of a proctor? No one. No, no one, one can. It's impossible now. So he freaks out, breaks out of his mom's clutches, and goes running and diving at Waru, who has hardened up into a ball. Why didn't he do that a minute ago? Yep. And he just gets rebounded off it. Yeah, with he like just a donks g-bong. off that like, <laughs> like he jumped into a pogo ball or something and just gets flung across the room by it. Yeah, again, the fucking end of this book is just so weirdly slapstick. Yeah, so Riao's like, oh, dude, uh... Come here, t- Tigers. Let's let's put Tigers. This, quit being a big g- dumb idiot. Let's get this put together. Come to your mom, and he's just like, "No, keep my name out your mouth." Uh, like, uh, I, I I just remembered all the Ferrario customs I didn't know a minute ago. Uh, I just remembered all this stuff, and also I care about it now for some reason. Yeah, 
Uh. Anyway, at this point, since they've basically won, everybody gets together for a great big group hug. And there's Han and Leia and Chewie. And Chewie doesn't get a medal for the group hug, though. No. And, you know, Jaina and Jason and what have you. They're all there. Everyone's in a big old huggy hug. Yeah. And, uh, you know, most of the, uh, like, the random people that were there have kind of tried to escape. Or have escaped. Like, all the Proctors have gotten away. Like all little proctors who's a very spent all that time tying their their fucking shirt legs together and stuff. Oh yeah, they, they've all untied themselves and each other and escaped because they're like, you know, what's not great for restraining people is just some cloth that you have hastily tied around me. And then this is great because Zaveri comes popping back in. You know, she's she's our little story goblin who pops up every once in a while, and she's like, they don't matter. The ones who matter are already embedded within the New Republic. Those ones are powerless without Hethrier. And it's like, no, they're they're force users. And we don't know that the empowerment of Waru that he did to the, all of them has worn off yet. How come you're the expert in Hethrier and his proctors, Zaveri? Where are you coming from with this? With well, this? I think I think what she was talking about wasn't his proctors and shit. It's she's talking about the like just the random the agents and shit that are like ran off. I'm a high political person. I mean, ultimately though, it is really important to figure out what to do about all these young Sith guys that are running around on this planet. Well, I mean, Hethrier has basically gotten a bunch of like preteen and barely teenager kids loaded up full of weird force juice and sent them out into the world and And those are important but still this planet's covered in them like this little planetoid has like 20 or 30 little dudes who are like "Ah, i hate the new republic and i know how to use the force well yeah they do matter zaveri you do need to catch them well i mean they're just stuck here on this rock what are they gonna do they don't have a ship they'll eventually have a ship and when they do oh heaven help you because they're gonna be mean little sith dudes (laughs) How are they eventually going to have a ship? Ships come here. And? And then they're just going to take one. They're going to walk up and be like, that ship is mine. And they're going to be like, that ship is yours. That's not how that works. Also, Sith have never done that trick. Yeah, Sith can do that trick. Nah. They'll do a completely different trick. They'll just shoot lightning at someone or something. (laughs) Who knows? They'll get off planet, John. That's how this works. You can't just leave an infestation of Sith around. Crystal Star, man, stops the powers. They ain't going to do shit. <laughs> They're going to leave. They ain't going to do a goddamn thing. A 13-year-old is going to come up to some fucking full-grown mercenary, and they're going to go, hey, give me that ship, and then they'll like wiggle their fingers at him <laughs> like they're going to shoot lightning. Nothing is going to happen, and the mercenary is going to slap him in the face and be like, get out of here, kid. Well, take me as a slave then, because the moment you get out of the sector, I'm going to shoot lightning at you. <laughs> He says to the mercenary. Yeah, he does. The mercenary's like, ah, that's great. Get in the ship. Ah, that's hilarious. I like that concept. Get in my ship. You've got Moxie, kid. <laughs> kid, you're great. You're, we're going to Pizza Hut. <laughs> I love this. You're on board. Guys, this is my new first mate. <laughs> Says he's a Sith, but I don't believe him. It's great, though. Listen to these dumb stories. <laughs> so, uh... Basically, she does. She is correct to point out that there's still a lot of new Empire Reborn weirdos kind of embedded out in the New Republic. And then she gives one of her, you know, standard insane Zaveri speeches where she's like, someday, Solo, I will help you find them after I am done with them. But until that time, I am Zaveri and Zaveri must go. And I, then I cannot understand why she's like, oh, I'm going to go try and take care of these people by myself because... I want my revenge. I go, you know, the longer it fucking takes to get rid of these people, the more damage they do. Yeah. Like, the whole point of you trying to get rid of these Empire people is because you lost your family to them and you hate them. But you're like, ah, I'm going to let guys just fuck around and do whatever they want for a while because I don't want to give anyone else the chance to catch them. 
It's so weird. Zaveri is so weird. But anyway, she stops and says goodbye to every single person in the Solo family individually, and then each one of them says goodbye to her individually. Like, it's straight up like the going to bed scene from Little House on the Prairie here. She's just like, (laughs) Good night, John boy. (laughs) Good night, Ma. (laughs) Good night, Pa. Good night, Ma. (laughs) Good night, John boy. Like, that sort of thing. That's what this is. She's like, Chief? McLeod? McLeod. She's like, Goodbye, Solo. Goodbye, Zaveri. Goodbye, Princess Leia. Goodbye, Zaveri. It was nice to have met you. Goodbye, Jaina, child I have not met. <laughs> Goodbye, uh, was it Zaveri? I don't, how, how do you do this? Zavri? What? Goodbye, Jason. Uh, goodbye. Yeah, whatever. It just goes on. It's like a full paragraph of these. Yeah, I, the the main problem with it, though, is that small pair, like, that section of the book is written from Jaina's point of view. Mm-hmm. So it's all, goodbye, said my mom. And you're like, oh, God. <laughs> Come on. Don't do this. <laughs> and then my dad said, goodbye, Zaveri. And Zaveri said, goodbye, Solo, which is my dad. And you're yeah. like, uh, uh, stop it. I love scenes from Jaina's perspective. So at this point, we cut back to Waru for just a second, who shrinks, and now he is the size of a ball. Yeah. That's a useless measure. Everything's the size of a ball. <sighs> Balls come in any size. Wink. <laughs> Earlier, he was the size of a ball that was the size of Waru. He's now, still the size of Waru. He's still the size of a ball that was the size of Waru. What kind of ball are we talking about here? I understand that you can't say baseball because that would imply that baseball is canon to Star Wars. Yeah, that's the the problem is you're like, okay, it's a sphere, and he's gotten smaller, and I need to describe what that means. But no ball that exists in our universe is something I can use as a reference point because the second I start saying, like, oh, he's the size of a basketball, you're like, so basketball exists? God damn it. He's the size of the torture droid from, from, uh, Air- God damn it, from, uh, New Hope. How's that? How, how do? That's a ball. That's a floating ball. That's some kind of sphere. Yeah, we just go droids. Droid based measuring system. <laughs> if he gets any smaller, he's the size of a gonk droid and then he's the size of a mouse droid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what, what about smaller than that, huh, buddy? He's the size of half a mouse droid. Yeah, we just... That mouse droid is the smallest unit of measurement Yeah, it we turns have. into a centadroid. A centimouse droid. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, this is... He shrinks to the size of a ball or something. I don't know. Uh, basically, Leia then is kind of like, gosh... I've ne- I can't even remember the last time I wasn't worried about anybody. This is so relieving to know where everybody I care about or ever met ha- is. And, you know, 3PO's still missing. Can I say, right now, now he shows up, like, he, immediately. He, he does. It's like the next thing that happens. But still, he's missing at this point. Oh, I know. So is R2. Yeah. R2 and him are both missing because yeah. R2 leads him the fuck in. Yeah. But when 3PO shows up, the description of him is just like, oh, and 3PO's here, and his purple is sort of flaking off. There is no mention of, also, that motherfucker's been cut in half by a lightsaber. Yeah, I don't I don't think he got cut in half. I think he got one of those cauterized, oh, now you're dead style cuts. Where he what just are sort you of, talking about? The book says he was cut in half. He's fallen apart. Yeah, it definitely doesn't get that mentioned. Like, it just says that R2 resuscitated my circuits? Oh, yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, R2 fixed me. And I go, how? Well, Did he, he, he fucking have a, like, new circuits for you? Because I, I, I don't know... How every single wire in you getting chopped in half and then having to be, like, welded back together means that the only thing that you see about him is, oh, some paint fell off. No, fuck you. His his duct tape is pretty visible here, John. (laughs) He's just been taped loosely together. There's some, like, chip clips on there, too. Ugh. I'm just, I'm real, 
real salty about that. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna say this. Probably my least favorite thing in here, and the reason why I was like, man, you did not leave yourself enough time to wrap things up, is you chopped a major character in this series in half, and then he just walks back and is like, hi everyone, I'm fine, up to speed, let's go. He's not even up to speed in this situation, he's the one who knows what's going on. He pops up and he's like, oh, hello everyone, we have to leave. You see, the star has finished quantum crystallizing and now it's a full-on diamond. And when it explodes, it'll explode everything, including me, 3PO, the only character who matters. So we have to leave right away. We should probably get out of here. Everyone needs to go. No time for long-term denouement here on Cersei Station. We can do that somewhere else. Perhaps Monto Kodru, the only place you seem to go. (laughs) I can't understand what the fuck was going on with that, like... Did she just decide, oh, what they wanted was, like, 380 pages, and I'm at 372, so uh, let's wrap this motherfucker up. <laughs> let's get one finger going in a circle while the other one finishes this typing job. Yeah. No, it literally seems like she hit her page count and realized they weren't going to pay her any extra by the word, and so she just sort of typed the end. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, and then uh, 3PO shows up. He's fine. And also, he has all of the information on what's going on, which no one on this station seems to know even though the point of this station is to look at the fucking crystal star, but the only one who knows that it's about to fall into a black hole and destroy everything around here is my protocol droid. He's got this shit on lock. Oh, he's, well, he's great. He's he, been lying in parts on the floor, and luckily his head was pointed up. Oh, yeah, he's had nothing to do for the past few days besides look up at the fucking black hole and go, I'm going to calculate how long until we're all dead. Yeah, that's that's what I, that's my plan here. I mean, normally I calculate how long <laughs> until we're all dead because I'm pretty nihilistic. But, so, uh, Rial immediately, before 3PO even shows up, she's like, huh, my force don't work and I've been wondering why. It's probably because this system's all fucked up. I bet there's something in this system that's affecting my force. She says pointedly looking at Luke who never put that shit together. He's like, it's probably Waru. It's probably that ball. Well, the problem is... They Maybe ex- it's the mailman. They explain, like, two paragraphs before this. Well, not paragraphs, but, like, the little mini-chapter things they do. Yeah. That, like, oh, Waru is a dude that eats Force. Yeah. Like, his whole thing is he consumes Force to turn into anti-Force, and that's the only way he stays alive. So you finally, at the end, go, all right, there were two options for why Force was messed up. The Crystal Star or Waru. I guess it was Waru. He was eating all the ambient force. He's wrong, though. It was the, it was the but star. But then immediately they're like, oh, no, it was the star. It resonates and fucks up force. And you're like, why do you have two different bullshit things? It's not just that. Here's, here's the thing that drives me fucking insane right here. Is uh, Basically, Luke gives this big old explanation of what Waru is. And he's like, he's from an alternate dimension that's the opposite of ours. They use anti-force. I know this because of reasons. Anyway, he was eating force connections, and sometimes he would fart out kids that were healthy, and sometimes he would fart out kids that were dead. But the ultimate thing is he wanted to eat Anakin because he's a super secret ultra force mega baby star prodigy savant super secret pro- prodigy fart of a, of a Jedi. And then if he ate him, he'd give Hethrier the power. But uh, ultimately, he never got the chance. And then, like... Uh, <laughs> The next thing that happens is 3PO comes trolling in, and he's like, hey, guys, the crystal star is a crystal now, and it's resonating. And Luke goes, wait, the star's resonating? Yes, I believe I just said that. (laughs) Oh, shit. Well, you see, if a crystal star resonates, it fucks up the force. It's like, Luke, you knew this was the crystal star neighborhood. Like, going in, you should have been going, huh, crystal star. Since I apparently know that a crystal star will resonate and fuck up force, maybe, uh... Maybe I should, I don't know, grow a beard instead of relying on the Force for my disguise, first off. <laughs> well, I can't. 
And then when fucking some shit starts going wrong and I can't touch the force, maybe I should understand that it's because I went to anti-force town. It's the the one thing he knows about crystal stars at all is that they resonate in a way that breaks the force. Even though there's never been a crystal star before, it's the first one anyone's ever seen. And his first question is, wait, it's resonating? Because a crystal star that resonates will fuck up the force. And it's like, dude, Occam's razor, your life. <laughs> no, it is once again a byproduct of the... I need to fucking finish this book, and I do not have the page count to do it. Uh, Luke knows everything, and it, he fucking Clarissa explains it all the end of this book. Yeah. So let's get to the wrap-up of what's going on on this particular little planetoid. Uh, Tigris is being a total grumple. He's sitting around on his own on some hill, and then eventually he sees the poor uh, Wirewolf and takes its collar off and throws the collar because he hates slavery, man. Ugh. Then, then, uh, <laughs> then Rilao goes up to him, and she's like, hey, uh, you want to come with me off this planet? He's like, no, I don't care if I die here. Uh. Uh, then Leia comes like, up. Wow, Tigress, you really went from an 11-year-old to a 14-year-old pretty quick there. That's a Ferrario thing. You'd know it if you knew anything about about us. Gah. Uh. So then Leia comes up and drops some mom logic on him that I am still scratching my head about. If she's like, if you don't care if you live or die, then you won't care if you come with us or not. And also, you won't care if you get on our ship or not. So you might as well. And he's like, that, uh, no. Which finally prompts Han to come up and be like, hey, kid, I hear you're not a Jedi. I'm not a Jedi either, and I kick ass. So, you know, quit being a little bitch baby about it. Let's go. Yeah, and he's like, well, who are you? I'm Han Solo, and I lay pipe. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, I was raised to hate you. Oh, that's well, funny. Fair, fair enough. But also to respect you as an enemy. I'll have to drop a wicked axe kick on you. I call it the Widowmaker. <laughs> he really did turn 14 in a yeah, hurry. Yeah, he, he got real teenager real fast. <laughs> yeah. And Han's like, ha, that's funny. If you catch me while I'm not plowing my wife, we can talk about it. <laughs> anyway, Tigress decides to go with them because Han Solo was rad. There's, there's a point right after that where Tigress is just like sulking and is thinking like, oh, man, I don't care if I live or die. And Han starts laughing at him. Yes, Han straight up laughs at him as he's trundling away all sulky. I'm like, fuck, Han, get it together. What? What is going on? What is the characterization right now? Yeah. Where he's like, oh, I just talked to this little kid who's just about suicidal because he lost his mentor and he doesn't know what's going on in the world. And uh, I think that shit's hilarious. <laughs> what? He's just like, ah, oh, that kid's a piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck these kids. He's going to grow up just like me. <laughs> no, he isn't. <laughs> what, are you, what is happening right now? <laughs> so uh, basically, uh, oh, and then uh, when Leia drops her mom logic, she also realizes she will never again call Riao by the name Riao. Oh, Not yes. in public. She will call her Ferrario. <laughs> Which... Whatever. In the, in the one moment in this whole book of her kind of being diplomatic, and she's literally surprised at herself. She's like, I've just realized I'm going to be diplomatically polite to this Wait woman. Wait a minute. Hold on. I've just realized other cultures exist? That's, that can't be right. Wait a minute. You got humans. You got sex havers. You got big furry dogs. <laughs> you got big slumpy meat piles. You got meat piles. And what? I... I my worldview needs to be expanded. Oh, goodness. I've learned so much. I'm going to write a book about this. It's going to be the Star Wars Eat, Pray, Love. It'll be called the Crystal Star. <laughs> so, meanwhile, the kids all run and play and cavort. Lusa does a capriole. <laughs> Thanks. 
Good. It's a term from equestrian. It's uh, it, it, it's you do. She basically uses a pro tip. She presses A and B to jump and kick. Oh, good. Yeah, that's that's a capriole. <laughs> so, and then everyone hugs again, and there's another hug, and and Han and Leia walk off, so Han can compliment Leia on her hair. Yeah, that happens three times in this in this twenty page chapter already. They have been warned, like, yo, uh, that crystal star is going to fall into that black hole and murder us within minutes, question mark? Maybe and they're like, should... well, let's just fuck around for a while. Let's have a little, like, party here in the in the lawn. <laughs> it's fun, guys. Also, this radiation doesn't bother anybody. Yeah, it's fine. Everything's fine here. So, uh, and it's also about this point where Luke realizes that Riao is a Jedi. And he's like, I'm vindicated. There was a Jedi on this planet. And she's like, I got here an hour ago. Yeah, no, you're an idiot. Get no. out of here. Why are you so excited about her anyway? She's a fully trained Jedi. That's not what you're looking for. This planet is covered in Jedi children right now. <laughs> yeah. Look, there's one right there doing a Capriole. <laughs> come on. The whole point was to come here to find a bunch of lost Jedi. And you found, well, I don't know, probably about 20 of them. And you're fixated on Riao. Riao, the healer who was fully trained already by a better Jedi than you. You don't need her. You need to go catch all those Proctor kids. Those ones are the Jedi in need. Yeah, plus they're the ones who have had, like, for probably a couple of years now, dumb idiot bullshit stuffed into their head so maybe deprogram them a little yeah that's really she should have been super thrilled to catch like all these other jedi and sith kids and be like sweet little kids these are what i need for my academy not fully trained jedi yeah but he's all excited to meet her which you know i would be too i'd be like sweet a jedi healer a consular <laughs> i didn't know you guys were real oh cool <laughs> you guys you guys use the 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 double bladed uh, thing, or you guys got two? Or no, she doesn't. Sadly, she uses a lightsaber that you need the force to turn on. Yeah, mm, they're silver in color as well. And then Han starts freaking out. But he realizes he figures out they have about three hours to escape. Yeah, and he sits there just sort of kicking himself because he's like, Ugh, "Slave trade happening right under my nose in the New Republic. Stupid slave trade. Ugh, I feel so like a, like a <clears throat> shit for letting it happen. God damn it!" And then Leia comes up to make him feel better. And gives him the dumbest speech <laughs> in the book, I want to say. And I'm, I, I actually, well. I don't know, it's close. I quoted this one because I wanted to talk about it with you, John, if you don't mind. Go for it. Leia says, back on Munto Kodru, I spent a whole day talking to officials and ambassadors. And when I asked about the people who still wanted to talk to me, I let myself be told that they didn't have anything important to say. Let's talk about this. Leia's been on Munto Kodru for weeks. Apparently, like, long yeah. enough that the children learned to swim there. Yeah, that was the thing we established that they had a favorite part of the forest to play in. Yeah, they had been there for a long time, and yet she spent a whole day doing diplomacy stuff. Man, a whole day! Wow, Leia, you work too hard. You need a vacation. And and here's the other thing: the whole point of her being kind of tired and wanting to take a nap, even though there's a whole bunch more people who need to talk to her, is that that way she'll be rested to talk to them tomorrow. Yeah. She's not dismissing them back to their homes and, and, and establishing their concerns as irrelevant. She is simply saying, I'm tired. We will try this again in the morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, this whole thing is supposed to be presented to deflect Han from feeling bad about the slave trade. But let's be realistic here. That's not Han's fault. Han isn't to the New Republic. He's a figurehead of it. Also, Han isn't in charge of finding fucking, like, slavers and if, shit. If anything, he should be grumpy that his chain of command seems to not be as efficient as he was hoping. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're going to be grumpy, be like, oh, our, you know, intelligence service didn't figure this out. I'm not the head of space FBI or CIA. I'm some general. Oh, Leia, I'm grumpy because I failed to individually patrol about half the galaxy by myself. 
Yeah. Well, I, I guess with Chewbacca. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you gotta gotta have your dog with you. You need a Chewbacca, else how are you gonna spot the slave trade? <laughs> it's just so dumb. And, and also, come on, Leia, haven't you been an ambassador for like 15 years, and the first example you can think of is from the last job you had? I'd love to ask her what she was doing before Monto Kodru, because I guarantee she's forgotten. <laughs> She's like, I don't know. I don't know. That there was some other writer, like, and I don't care. There, there were like green things. It was. It, it smelled stinky. I didn't like it. Eh. It was the planet of the the Dianogas. It was the Dianogas. <laughs> None of the people there were sex havers, so no. I didn't care. No, it was a wet heat planet. No, pass. Hard hard pass. <laughs> Can't have the children learning to swim there. What if they swim in a wet heat? <laughs> I just did, and I hated it. But then the two of them finally reconcile and admit that at least they're both happy that the the uh, New Republic is riddled with Empire Reborn fanatics because it gives them something to do. Yeah. Oh boy, I love having a project, dude. This isn't this isn't remodeling your kitchen. You have slavers in your empire. Get on it. <laughs> So they all kind of start evacuating, and all the people from Cersei Station have been let, like, made aware of what's happening, and so their ship's blasting off. And, of course, we get to see Zaveri's ship leave, and wouldn't you know it, it's small and light and deadly, Yay. but it's ugly instead of pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that ship's not a sex haver. No. Well, no, it's still, it's almost a sex haver, because this is the third ship that we've heard described for one of the female characters of Star Wars, after hearing about uh, Guri's. Yeah. And then Leia's Alderaan, and all of them are light, fast, deadly, maneuverable, sized and almost feminine in their lines and description. A ship pH balanced for a woman's needs. <laughs> but strong enough for a man. <laughs> Every time. We keep getting that. Why don't you just fly an X-Wing? <laughs> uh, no, they all got to fly the boob ships of, of Fart Planet B. <laughs> yeah, no. Just have some lady get into a ship. It looked like a fucking cube. Who even gives a shit? It doesn't matter. No, it's going to be like, this ship was shaped like a fine corset. <laughs> Of whalebone and lamp oil. Lamp oil? Yeah, it's made of lamp oil. So (laughs) don't stop me, John. I'm on a roll. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And and then the the werewolf starts farting blue ooze all over itself. Yeah. The the werewolf is like, well, uh, I know we've had a real interesting day and everyone's about to die, but I've got to just sweat fucking Gatorade all over myself and turn into a weird, like, Rubber blue, cigar. Yeah, <laughs> weird blue poop. <laughs> so this is the beginning, as you probably imagine, of the Wirewolf's transition into a sex haver. It's going to start molt- molting until it turns into a Monto Codrian. Yeah, uh, but it, it's described as sweating blue. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you're in a Gatorade, Gatorade commercial. commercial. Yeah. <laughs> Great. You've got the power in you. Good <laughs> so, job. So a Gatorade commercial's all over itself until it finally just sort of snorts the last couple blue boogers over its front, which then hardens into a big blue rubber cigar. Yep. And then they pick it up and carry it on board one of the ships and throw it on a bed. Because why wouldn't you? And we get a little little presentation about how by the time it comes home to Munto Kodru, it will be a little boy or girl instead of a werewolf. Really? Do you know how long the gestation period in the metamorphosis is for a fucking werewolf? I mean, she assumes, right? I mean... Uh, clearly, she should know that because she's the the diplomat to the planet Munto Kodru. However, given I don't know just her entire past and recent behavior, I would assume not. Yeah, the fact that she explained what is happening instead of just going "ew" is is astonishing to me. <laughs> oh no, she's she's into it. Shoot she's like, it. oh, finally, it's gonna stop being a gross dog and finally be a human looking thing, which is what I like. I'm surprised that the moment it started snorting blue stuff all over itself, she didn't just hit it with a newspaper. No, bad, <laughs> dad. It. No, no, you oh, wait in the garage. Oh, not in here. Get on the grass. Get on the grass. <laughs> just shooing it out of the ship. 
Oh, my God. Okay, well, then they take off. And her ship has Jason, Jaina, Riau, Tigress, Leia, Luke, and, Ri- and Riau on it. I put Riau twice. Yeah, good job. <laughs> also, That's it's some got... good notes you got Thank there. You. <laughs> also, it's got... <laughs> Also, it's got the blue rubber werewolf cigar and Lusa, who is lying on the bed with the cigar thing. I don't know how Lusa lies on a bed, but she figures it out. God damn it. Figure your shit out. <laughs> figure this out. <laughs> Just rip it into shit with those horns. Uh, the the thing here is they take off with the Alderaan. Mm-hmm. And, well, I'm sorry. With Alderaan. Alderaan. Yeah. Also, she doesn't use the the for Millennium Falcon in this chapter as well. And that also pissed me off. I was like... All right, if you want to establish that there's no the for Alderaan, sure, it's wrong, but sure. But then she's also, and Millennium Falcon takes off. I'm like, no, the fuck you say that. <laughs> that is the motherfucking the Millennium Falcon. That is there's two the these. Millennium Falcon. It is the Millennium the Falcon. <laughs> it's the Millennium the Falcon. <laughs> Or at least just Millennium the Falcon. That's fine, too. <laughs> yeah, then, then it's a band that you can turn off from the radio. Coming up next, it's Cage the Elephant and Millennium the Falcon. Followed by Portugal the Man and Mott the Hoople, maybe. <laughs> that last one's from the 60s. Shut up, you. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> uh, but they take off and, oh, no, Millennium Falcon hasn't taken off yet. Why hasn't it taken off? Oh, it's because they forgot R2. Yeah. Fucking, they get everything set, and Han's like, wait a minute, where the fuck is R2? I can't take off without him. And you know what? This is too much drama too late. I didn't give one shit about where R2 is. Oh, yeah. I'm like, dude, you have like five pages left. You didn't kill R2 at the end of this book in five pages, so yeah, I'm fine. (laughs) We're good here. So he waits around in swirling dust and and nonsense for R2, and then R2 rolls up all nonchalant because he's been off doing, you know, get shit done business, which is what R2 does. Oh, yeah. Every time R2 is missing from a scene, you're like, oh, R2's probably like conquering a nation or something i don't know he's doing something anytime r2's not on screen people should be asking where's r2 because you might be conquering my nation (laughs) (laughs) so he just rolls up and he explains to 3po that he's like oh hey i realized that cersei station has hyperdrive so i just set this place to fly to monto kodru i've i've realized that literally everything in star wars has engines Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter if it should or shouldn't So, uh, so this weird research station built onto an asteroid they decided to put a hyperdrive on the goddamned asteroid for some reason. I mean, it makes sense because the station was designed to be like a mobile exploration platform and fly to play from place to place. Like it didn't start in orbit around Cersei, or, or I'm sorry, in orbit around this black hole. <laughs> they they mentioned that at the beginning of the book, but but anyway, it's weird that only R two figured that out and then he went and did it. Like there's still a whole bunch of people left. There's probably administration on this station. It it stays in orbit somehow. Oh yeah, and I I also love that again. No one on this station knows what the fuck is going on. Well, the ones who do have exa- evacuated already, and the ones who have a way out. Well, you would think someone is in charge of whatever room is the engine room for this. Yes. Or the fucking captain's room. No, there's definitely some of that. There should be a civilian administration happening There here. should be some guy who's yeah. up there that as soon as someone tells him, hey, this place is going to blow up, he was like, oh, well, let's leave then because... We're on an asteroid with a hyperdrive, so let's get the fuck out. Yeah. But it took R2 rolling up there, beepity-booping and shoving his weird robo-dick into the USB slot for them to get out of here. Yes. And even he's like, hey, you know, we probably ought to rescue those Empire Reborn kids, because, like, they're alive and still running around here scared. And they don't have a ship, because, you know, they can't just Sith Lightning a guy. There's no mercenary that's going to take them on Here's if the, they wiggle their fingers let, at them, because that would be stupid let, as fuck. And anyone make... who thought that is dumb. <laughs> All right. Here's, here's, here's an interesting <laughs> thought for you, John. All of them came here on ships. They didn't come here on their fucking bikes. They came here on ships that the people who left 
have left with. Oh, yeah, especially Hethrier, who definitely left the planet by ship and not by interdimensional vacuum popping. <laughs> so Hethrier's ship is still here, and they can definitely yeah, have it. He had the keys. <laughs> Yeah, the keys to his ship. Yep. No, they they came pooping out of Waru at the last second. Oh yeah, anything non organic. Boop, <laughs> blurp. Some kid grabbed him. Ah, keys. Finally. <laughs> Come along, children. I hope you're prepared for an unforgettable luncheon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, so they have a way off the planet if they need it. Ah, oh, they really don't. They do. But they're the, idiot children. They that are, don't know. They're also idiot children. So, but it's R two who's like, you know, we probably ought to rescue them. I guess. Well, it's also R two's like, let's rescue. All Every, of the civilians everyone. that are here. Dude, there's heaps of Brabisham to think about. Like, there are more people than there are ships to get them off. There was a point where Han was freaking out about the evacuation, and he was like, oh, I'm particularly worried about a friend I made here on this planet. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, dude, Zaveri's going to be fine. She'll take care of her business. And I was like, he's not talking about Zaveri. He's talking about that giant he was playing cards with. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he said a friend instead of Zaveri. Because everyone knows Zaveri's name because she will not stop saying it. And also because he has not been fucking Zaveri. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> I've been fucking Zaveri. But he has been dipping it in this giant lady. <laughs> he's been he's been basically warooing it in that giant lady, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Getting up in them guts. <laughs> Just diving around in there. <laughs> uh, what's it like to dance around in Whoopi Goldberg's vagina, John? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, references to some weird shit. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, but I mean, ultimately, he's like, well, actually, I've got lots of friends on this planet. There's that giant lady I play poker with. There's that asshole water elemental that runs the hotel. There's those two bonk droids I can't figure out how to navigate my way around. There's uh, there's that bartender I never got a good look at. There's I, that bartender that I was real intent on looking at and he didn't want me to. What about that crab spider cab driver? I got to rescue that guy, right? And what about the the dude who's really obsessed with selling sweetmeats to an eight year old? <laughs> that guy. We got to figure his shit out. We got to figure out what's going on there. Yeah, we got to rescue all these people and the heaps of brebishems, Luke. <laughs> I don't care if they're doing art or if they're sexing. We need to rescue them. But it's like, they're all like, don't worry, Zaveri's going to be fine. He's like, yeah, the pl- th- this thing has like 300,000 people on it. Come yeah, on. I don't think you understand. This is an entire giant station full of people, and they're all just going to die in like five minutes. <laughs> yeah, but Zaveri's going to be fine. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Thanks. So they, they they blast off, and Leia's watching from, the, from Alderaan, and there's like a huge swirling chaos. It's actually really nicely described, of the star exploding. Like, it's very prettily described with the star, like, running into the black hole and cracking up into a million bits. Oh, yeah. Explo- Her hard sci-fi is awesome. No. Vonda knows how to technically write. She just apparently did not give one hard fuck for these Star Wars characters. And, of course, Leia is freaking out because she thinks that Han might not make it. But this entire drama of will Han escape Cersei Station is, like, half a page because we're so close to done. It's like, no, you can't, you, there's no tension or build up here. I don't care. Of course Han's going to make it. I'm, I'm sorry, you, your, uh, your end of this book was way too rushed yeah, because yeah. you spent all of your time wheel spinning. Like, you're not going to just suddenly like, and then Han died all of a sudden. The end, no moral. What is that? This isn't burn after reading. You can't <laughs> fool me with that sort of shit. <laughs> uh, that would be great, though. <laughs> it really would. Uh, but yeah, you know, the Falcon escapes and they blast off and all of them fly out together, including Cersei Station. And where do they take this giant space station full of confused Sith children and random heaps of Brabisham and so on? Why, to the center of New Republic cooperation, Munto Kodru. <laughs> yep. A, a planet that is not a part of the New Republic. And, <laughs> and to a planet to which they have already sent a world full of terrified children. Oh, yeah. Like, an entire small planetoid showed up and they were like, uh, what the fuck? And then, of course, immediately following that, 
an asteroid with hyperdrive engines shows up. They're like, what are you? Are you just slowly bringing the galaxy to us? Yeah, forearm space Quentin, uh, Quentin Tarantino calls. He's like, hi, do we have a uh, do we have a sign in our garage that says terrified force sensitive children storage? <laughs> like, I don't I don't get what their plan was here. <laughs> But, you know, at least the New Republic has shown up and is helping to evacuate all these children and figure out where they need to go and everything. But so, you have to imagine that after this, she's going to go down to that planet. And they're like, so do you want to join in the New Republic? And they're like, oh, fuck no. If this is how you do business, Jesus, no. Oh, do we? Do, once we sign that paper, do you stop planet, uh, parking space stations in our orbit <laughs> full, of, full of hungry children? Because uh, that was rude. That was uh, real terrible. And apparently your memory goes back about, I don't know, Five seconds to the last thing you did because you didn't send anything to anywhere else, just us because we were the last place you went to. Ew, well, did you only t- have us saved in your GPS? It's just the last place I've been. Uh-huh, yeah. Go ahead and say that again because I was thinking about your gross dogs. <laughs> I was thinking about your gross dongs. <laughs> Look, I have time for exactly one day of diplomacy and anything said after that doesn't matter or happen. Anyway, bye. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, also, they still she still packs in one more little will-they-survive drama moment here because it might be too late. That Crystal Star Residence might have killed Luke Skywalker. Yep. It Luke, didn't, though. Oh, Luke. Luke, he he's not waking up. Oh, Luke. And then Rial's just like, hey, buddy. Hey. Hey. Hey, hey. Hey, hey buddy. I'm using force healing. It's called slapping you. Hey. Woo. Force w- slap. Wake up. And he's like, huh? <laughs> Oh, I'm okay. Oh, I'm, I'm all right. And then Lusa... I was just resting my eyes. <laughs> and, then, and then Lusa comes clattering around the corner, and she's like, are we there yet? The end. Yeah. Great. That The fact that this book ends with a, are we there yet, is... Lusa's a great new character, let's be real. I mean, ultimately, I, I can't imagine why anyone else didn't pick up the uh, this story of Lusa and run a new book about her. Who doesn't want to write a story about an excitable deer centaur with crystal horns who's a force user who has a weird diction structure that... It, it just It's just too many things. I, I ended this book, and my immediate thought was, man, you really created a fucking shit pile for the next writer. Because they got to pick up where you left off, and you're like... Here you go. Here's a fucking planet full of weird Sith children, and uh, here's a, a, Cer- a Cersei station on an asteroid, and it goes around. I've left you everyone here on Monto Kodru. You've got a whole weird Empire Reborn thing going on. I have not done anything to resolve any of the strings that I have put into place. A good day, sir. Well, to be fair, and, and to alleviate your concerns, John, unless your name is Timothy Zahn, no Star Wars author cares about your shit. <laughs> That's uh, and, and and that is truth. It, it, no one, no one's going to ever mention Hethrier or Riau again. Tigris isn't going to show up as an important character later. All these characters might as well die at the end of this book. Because the next book, I think, is Planet of Twilight, the, it, the Barbara Hambly book, the one where Leia famously has to fight a hut and then also a sentient disease. Good. And there's and there's no mention of any of this nonsense. No, of course not. But that's, see, when I think of a book series, I tend to think of it as sort of a, a linear story that gets told instead of just a new writer comes on and goes, all that shit was garbage anyway, here's my story. I mean, it's not like it doesn't happen. I, I'm thinking about the William Gibson Sprawl series where, like, there are no characters from the first book in the second. Yeah. So it happens. But uh, but this is this is this book gets abandoned. This is the end of all of these character stories. Lusa goes home. That's the end of it. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to imagine at least 
at least the fucking, like, planet with its own sun that can fly around at some point in a book. Someone would be like, hey, that's rad. We should use that. So basically what happened there is instead there was a different planet with its own tiny sun that can fly around. And someone on Wikipedia noticed there were two of them and decided that they were probably the same thing. <laughs> probably. Even though they have nothing to do with each other whatsoever. Yep. It's not like they mentioned Hethrier in that comic book where, what's his name, Deviant gets his own planet uh, to, to pretend is a Death Star. Well, if he's pretending it's a Death Star, it's not going to have a sun. It does, though. That's real stupid. Hi there. I'm Star Wars Fiction. Hi, I'm Star Wars, and I'm awful. <laughs> da 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 <laughs> So, uh, what'd you think of this book, John, now that we're done? Now that we're at the tail end of the Crystal Star? I'll tell you what, I'll say that on next episode when we have our roundup. (laughs) You're gonna hold it. I'm holding it in like a (laughs) real bad fart. (laughs) So, uh, alright, fair enough. Why don't we talk about what the roundup is and what we need from people? Yeah, so, uh, next episode we are gonna be doing our roundup. We're gonna really try and tie everything, see if we can remember a goddamned thing about the rest of this book from like months ago. And, uh, we're going to, you know, give our whole opinion on the whole thing. Yeah. It, but also review it, it as a gestalt. If you've got any questions, if there's something in the story that didn't make sense, perhaps, which I don't, uh, I don't know how that could be. Oh no, no, this, ha- this ha- hanged together. Oh yeah. This yeah. was like a fine german tapestry yeah absolutely but uh if there's anything you were confused about you want to send a question to us please do that send it to systemmastery at gmail.com or you can tweet at us if you want to though that might get lost send it to us at systemmastery at gmail.com yeah i don't want to spend a bunch of time digging through our tweets we're we've, on fire we've already had two yeah. questions come in through the, the twitter we've got those down don't worry about oh, good. it i'm glad to hear you did that yeah i did not do that and I don't want to. Send them to systemmastery <laughs> at gmail.com. You see, Jeff here is lazy. And, and uh, John here is lazy. And, and together, with our powers combined. We never combine powers because that would take effort. So Yeah, it'd be gay. <laughs> <laughs> it's only gay if the powers touch. <laughs> oh, once again, I apologize for that previous joke. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we're going to do that roundup. We want your questions, anything uh related to the crystal star go ahead and let us know if you've got any questions about that we of course have all the answers yeah we do we have every answer now the only thing you don't need to send us a question about is what we're reviewing next because we'll be announcing that no matter what in the roundup episode yes indeed that is how we will get that information out to you and uh you can look forward to finding out what that is It's a treat. It's a real treat. I picked out something fun that I know a lot about. Now, uh, to get to some further housekeeping details, uh, we are just about, John and I, to start recording our very next episode of Star Wars content, and that's the bonus content. If you would like to hear us deep dive into Wikipedia based on things that we found in this chapter to discuss, then all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash systemmastery and support us at the $2 level. Yes, indeed. That gets you all of our weekly content for the Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So you end up with about four episodes of Star Wars bonus content a month for an average cost of $4. Now, you think to yourself, a dollar a podcast, even that's a ridiculously low price. But don't let that stop you, because at that point, you also get our two bonus content episodes per month that are dedicated to System Mastery. Oh, yeah. And if you're not listening to System Mastery, what are you even doing with your life? Yeah. What's going on? How did you make that mistake? <laughs> So you can rectify that by listening to System Mastery, and if you're already subscribed at the $2 level, you get the bonus content for that, 
It's amazing. It's a great deal. It's You're six, getting six six bonus episodes a month for $4 a month on average. Sometimes there's three episodes that come out in a month. Then you're giving us $6 and you're getting nine episodes. It's nuts. It's crazy. It's a deal to end all deals. I think you actually get eight episodes. I don't care. You get a lot of episodes. We're real fucking stupid here. We don't know what math is. Yeah, we've done bad. You can tell because our prices are far too low. Yeah, we're crazy. You're killing me, Larry. <laughs> So, uh, I'm Anson My Eyes Johnson, and I love Death Sticks. <laughs> so it turns out, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> turns out. <laughs> Welcome back to Expounded Universe. The Star Wars Expanded Universe Novel Discussion Podcast. It turns out ladies hate. <laughs> it turns out ladies hate this show. <laughs> uh, uh, they love Cool J. <laughs> ladies do love Cool J. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, uh, you want to start over?